Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, we've got a spectacular offer for all of you right now from the Sweet 16 now that it is officially set. If you go to fanduel.com slash clay that's fanduel.com slash clay bet $5 on any team out there to advance to the Sweet 16 including Gonzaga who is a monster 13 or 14 point favorite you get back a 30 to 1 payout if they win. $5 turns into $150 for new users in Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, West Virginia, Colorado, Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia, Colorado, and sorry, uh, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Plus, you can be ready whenever they flip the switch to make sports gambling legal in your state. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash clay that's fanduel.com slash clay a $5 bet for new users on who's going to win in the Sweet 16 pick any team any of the 8 games $5 turns into 150 by the way you should pick Gonzaga because they are the biggest favorite out there to potentially win. What is the story and a sentence of the NCAA Tournament 2021 so far? It is that the Big Ten stinks and was wildly overrated and that the Pac-12 is rolling putting that into context Michigan is the only team left out of nine Big Ten teams to make the NCAA tournament. They swung past LSU yesterday evening meanwhile Colorado who lost to Florida State is the only loss so far as the Pac-12 has been rolling. Coming into the NCAA tournament my final four Uh, was three number one seeds in FSU. I would stick with Gonzaga. I would stick with Baylor. FSU I would stick with as well. I think they upset Michigan this weekend and I would also add in Loyola of Chicago as my team that I think is going to come out of their bracket. Uh, And as you look forward a couple of stats that I think are interesting and that most people don't know. How many Big Ten titles teams from the Big Ten have been won in the NCAA tournament since 1990 in the Big Ten. That's 30 years plus of data now. One. Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartans are the only Big Ten team since 1990 to win a title to win the NCAA tournament. That's an unbelievable stat. Pac-12 while they are on fire right now and rolling like they were back in the days of Leinart, Reggie Bush and Lindell White with Pete Carroll coaching them that's the last time the Pac-12 was on a roll like this you know it's been since 1997 that the uh, Pac-12 has actually won a NCAA tournament that's stunning to a lot of people as well I believe that was Arizona back in 1997 It's crazy to think about. That is how long Miles Simon 
uh, and uh, Bibby. Uh, that was the last time that Arizona actually won a championship and the last time that the Pac-12 did and between the Big Ten and the Pac-12 they have one title since 1990 something that is interesting to think about indeed. Um, positive story out there. Uh, since everybody has been complaining about ratings news and everything else March Madness effectively flat with 2019 that's despite the fact that Duke, Kentucky and others are not in the tournament. So all the wokenicks out there who have been defending the NBA by saying well people just don't watch like they used to they just stopped watching all of a sudden yeah not so much in the NCAA tournament where the audience has effectively remained the same Uh, the ratings are flat to 2019 they are up a bit from 2018 for the opening round of the NCAA tournament I think that is worth thinking about contemplating and discussing amongst yourselves perhaps. We'll see how Monday's numbers eventually do as well. Uh, Now biggest story in all of sports even though many people out there are still not covering it is not the Sweet 16 it's not the NCAA tournament it's Deshaun Watson and all of the allegations that are pouring forth against him. According to his attorney Tony Busby there are now 24 different women who have accused Deshaun Watson of sexually assaulting them during massages. Let me repeat that. 24 different women. 14 of those women have already filed lawsuits against Deshaun Watson alleging that he sexually assaulted them in the middle of their massages and this is I think a seismic story whether people are willing or able to recognize it or not this is an incredible story that I believe is unprecedented in the world of athletics. So look I'm going to start I'm going to address this from several different angles because I still see a lot of people saying oh This is a conspiracy. They're just after money. They're colluding and everything else. Let me start with that angle because there's a lot of people out there who immediately make that argument. If that is true all of these women should be charged with crimes. But I have never seen a situation where 24 women from at least three different states who don't appear to have known each other have all told effectively the same story and all of them are lying. In other words with every additional accuser the idea that this is in some way a conspiracy of people aligned against Deshaun Watson becomes less likely. First of all it's hard to pull off a conspiracy. Second no one actually benefits from a massive conspiracy. Here is what I think has actually happened. I think one woman maybe two women contacted this Houston attorney Tony Busby and I believe as those women went public other women became aware of this story and suddenly felt more comfortable coming forward and telling their own story because they had thought they were alone and perhaps they were Uh, either afraid or concerned that maybe they were unique and there was something that had occurred in their interaction that made them uncomfortable but that they thought hey maybe I'm the only one. 
And as all of these women have come forward it becomes a lot more difficult to defend Deshaun Watson. We have moved from a he said, she said to a he said versus a she said, she said, she said, she said, she said she said, she said, she said, she said, she said she said, she said, she said, she said, she said she said, she said, she said, she said, she said she said she said, she said, she said, she said. That's hard to even say all of those 24 allegations against Deshaun Watson without ending up in the middle of a tongue twister. And so what I am intrigued by is the importance of precedent here. So let me go back and circle back around longtime listeners or viewers of my program know that when the Brett Kavanaugh decision was being made the Senate Judiciary Committee was considering his appointment to the Supreme Court I believe that was in 2018 when that was occurring there was beyond a shadow of a doubt there was beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that there were relatively sparse and almost completely unreliable accusers of Brett Kavanaugh. Yet many people started and I dove into the facts I analyzed them as a lawyer I said let's wait on the facts let's analyze them and many people said no, no, no that's unacceptable Clay we have to hashtag believe all women and effectively if you watched that hearing there was no evidence objectively to support even that Brett Kavanaugh had ever met this woman Christine Blasey Ford who accused him of trying to make out with her when they were teenagers. There was nobody who could even verify that they had ever been at a party together. Even if they had been at a party together the uh, people who study accusations of sexual assault said this is not even a sexual assault that could have been prosecuted even when they were minors years and years ago. And so this was an allegation nothing else was substantive other than that one by the way. This was an allegation with no factual corroborating evidence outside of this woman's testimony. Yet many people said hashtag believe all women and they said Brett Kavanaugh shouldn't be appointed to the Supreme Court. Those same people what I would call the woke universe of sports media are now not saying anything at all about the 14 women who have filed lawsuits the 24 women who have accused Deshaun Watson of sexual assault do their voices not matter now? Do you not hashtag believe all women? What is going on here that Brett Kavanaugh has one accuser and everybody decides that he's guilty and that you have to hashtag believe all women and there's borderline mobs running throughout the Capitol confronting senators over how they are going to vote on this uh, nomination and meanwhile we have a ton of minority women accusing Deshaun Watson a hundred million dollar athlete at the supreme height of power of sexually assaulting them and these same people these woke all-stars have gone completely mute. They're not saying anything about these allegations at all and I would submit to you the reason is pretty straightforward. All these woke sports media all-stars 
are ultimately capitalists. They claim that they are standing on the side of social justice and that they want to be on the right side of history but when their identities collide when you have to decide which side am I going to take the 14 or 24 women who are alleging sexual assault and have no power and are mostly minorities or the black quarterback who is at the apex of the sports victimization pyramid they can't choose because if they do they alienate one side or the other and in fact by not choosing they are actually taking a side they are coming down on the side of Deshaun Watson because they are afraid of losing their woke bona fides by lining up against a black quarterback. This is the problem with identity politics in general. This is why justice is blind if you ever see the scales of justice. Because we understand that if justice is open-eyed at times you can choose an identity over following the facts in a case. And what drives me crazy about the wokesters and their ilk in modern society is effectively they are adopting the exact same logic as was prevalent in the United States Southern America during the Jim Crow era. They are the descendants of Jim Crow Southerners who allowed Emmett Till to be murdered because he whistled at a white girl based on his identity. They are applying identity politics the same exact way they are just spinning it in the opposite direction. They are causing justice to be fundamentally flawed. If you choose anyone to believe based on their race, their gender, their ethnicity, their religion, their sexuality any sort of identifying characteristic you are making a choice that is antithetical that is the antithesis of everything that the justice system is supposed to represent. You don't get equality by treating people unequally before the law. And so I am applying the same standard and I have applied the same standard throughout because I think of my sports opinions as the equivalent of a judicial opinion. And if you went back and read through them you would see that I regularly say we should wait on all the facts to come out before we make a determination. Those other people on the woke side of the universe are hypocrites because they condemned Brett Kavanaugh as guilty based on one woman's flawed evidence and unsubstantiating and without any corroborating evidence to support it allegation yet they simultaneously are not saying a word about all of these masseuses who have accused Deshaun Watson of using his power to sexually assault them. And so we are left with a three-tiered punitive system that is at play here for Deshaun Watson none of which he looks very good in right now. Let's consider. Best case scenario for Deshaun Watson these women are all liars they'll be prosecuted there's no conceivable issue for him. I would put the odds of that being true at nearly zero. In reality the question is how severe is the punishment going to rain down upon Deshaun Watson? On the low end he would probably have to be suspended 
for six games or more like Ezekiel Elliott got a few years ago for one allegation of domestic assault. On the high end he may never play football again and he may go to prison. So let's talk about those three standards for justice in the order of severity. The first which is one that I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be able to escape at all is the NFL's personal conduct policy. I wouldn't anticipate that Deshaun Watson will cooperate with the NFL at all because if he does he's providing a written or oral evidence and story that could be used in other uh, civil or criminal proceedings. So I would expect that his attorney Rusty Harden will effectively give the Heisman to the NFL and say we're not getting involved in your investigation right now because of the three different tiers of punishment he's facing that is the least severe the most substantive punishment that could come from the NFL is they could suspend him for games. So best case scenario I really believe for Deshaun Watson is that he is suspended for many of the games that are going to take place in 2021. That's the best case scenario if you look at this from a legal perspective. That's the NFL investigation. The next one is all these civil lawsuits. And at this point I honestly think the best thing that Deshaun Watson could do is try to settle all these cases as rapidly as he possibly could and with all of them continuing to explode like a mushroom cloud I think there is an argument that he needs to in my opinion get this thing taken care of as quickly as he possibly can and if he does that and he would likely have to pay out millions of dollars and the plaintiff's attorney would likely have to create a huge fund to pay all these different women that might either have already come forward or come forward now and then never ever get another massage for the rest of his life pay out millions of dollars in damages that would effectively be an admission on some level of wrongdoing and fly in the face of the only statement Deshaun Watson has made so far on Tuesday of last week that he was not willing to actually do that. Uh, And that would, you hope, eliminate some of the criminal investigations because many of those women might then not end up being involved in a criminal investigation. So if I were Rusty Harden right now advising Deshaun Watson I would say don't participate in the NFL investigation. I would get on the phone with Tony Busby the plaintiff's attorney and I would say let's talk dollars how much is it going to take for me to resolve all of these cases henceforth into the future as well for anybody that has a claim of inappropriate conduct against Deshaun Watson what is the victim fund going to cost? And I would want to do that sooner rather than later because my concern would be once these women all start talking to the Houston police force then the police are going to begin their own investigation and you could be facing a third level of punishment more substantial than missing games more substantial than millions of dollars in damages that could eventually lead to criminal charges being brought that could imperil Deshaun Watson's career indeed leave him potentially facing years and years behind bars for what he has been alleged to have done. That is where we are. 
Deshaun Watson is painted into a corner. I'm doing a better job of covering this story than anybody in the sports media. I'm wearing my lawyer hat some of the time. But this is what is at play. 14 different civil lawsuits filed so far. 24 different accusers. And what I would ask all of you in general is why are so many people out there not actually making the decision in my industry to cover this case? Many of them in the woke sports media who spent so much time on Brett Kavanaugh who spent so much time on the Peyton Manning mooning incident who spent a ton of time telling you Drew Brees was an awful human being because he wanted to stand for the national anthem this is a fundamental failure of the sports media. And what happens is this is what's so noxious about identity politics in general when two protected classes collide women who are alleging they are sexually abused and a black quarterback who represents the pinnacle of the victimization pyramid in the world of sports media many people are afraid to touch it because they're afraid if they say something negative about Deshaun Watson they'll be racist and they're afraid if they say something negative about the women who are accusing him they will be sexist. And so as a result there is a great and substantial chasm between the amount of coverage that a story like this deserves given how seismic it is and the amount of coverage that it actually gets. And so that is where we are and that is why OutKick has somehow in a crazy upside down world become the most reliable part of sports media. Because I don't tiptoe up to anything. I analyze cases honestly. I tell you what I think. I'm not making any kind of decision because I haven't seen the facts in all of the cases. I'm just saying if 24 people allege that you have sexually assaulted them while having a massage that doesn't look very good for Deshaun Watson and he's facing danger from the NFL from the civil courts and also potentially from the criminal courts if I were advising him if I were his Rusty Harden I would be on the phone with Tony Busby trying to settle these cases and have them disappear and then I would be agreeing with the NFL that I am going to sit out a certain number of games maybe even an entire season given the substantial nature of all these allegations and then maybe I could be traded after serving a penance and putting this entire story behind me and by the way I would advise my client to never ever ever for the rest of his life ever get another massage. All right, let me help you out here. Uh, My crew as we move into the Sweet 16 and March Madness I gotta tell you you wanna make sure that you are making the right decision when it comes to how you take care of yourself thanks to Manscaped. They've got all sorts of stuff. The Weed Whacker. Uh, They have got a great cologne here refined from Manscaped. Here is a great little trimmer. All of these different spectacular opportunities for all of you. We got ball toner. We got Revisalize stuff. Everything you could possibly need in this Manscaped package. If you go to manscaped.com right now you can get hooked up in a big way by using the code DBAP20. And again, remember they are donating a huge portion of all the money that they raise to help fight testicular cancer all throughout March. It is a true terror for young men out there. Manscaped.com is doing their part to help fight it. Again, 
Your balls will thank you. Use the code DBAP20 for 20% off all product and free shipping. I use their products. You should as well. You will be glad if you do. Go today to manscaped.com and use the code DBAP20 to get spectacular offers. One more time, your balls will thank you. Uh, Finally, um, this is one of the things that I think is so awful about social media in general. Whenever an event happens people rush to see whether it confirms their existing narrative of what they think the world is. It's really unfortunate and it's toxic about social media in general. Everybody has to have their opinion out there immediately upon which the moment that news breaks and we saw this in Colorado. Now I've said this for a long time. Uh, I love the state of Colorado. Boulder is fantastic where the University of Colorado is. Uh, I believe that the people who should get all the attention in mass shootings what I've said for years and years now is I don't ever want to name a mass shooter. I don't want us to do it at OutKick. I don't want to do it on any of my programs. I don't think that I've ever done it. What I want to do is make sure that we honor the people who are heroes not the people who made decisions that were predicated on trying to get their name into the paper their name into into television getting all of the attention in that situation. Okay? Uh, And so what I like to do is actually give credence to the people who run towards gunshots to try to protect us all. I know unfortunately it's trendy. It's trendy and everybody everybody out there likes to blame police. But I want to give credit to Eric uh, let me make sure I get his name right Eric Talley. Uh, He was a father of seven ranging in age from seven to 20 years old. I want you to think about this for a minute. Eric Talley was an 11-year veteran of the Boulder Police Department. And he ran to that shooting that occurred in Boulder. He was first on the scene and he was fatally shot. Uh, The world lost a great soul said this police officer's father. He was a devoted father seven kids the youngest was seven and the oldest was 20 and his family was the joy of his life. Officer Talley was born in Houston raised in Albuquerque. He joined the police force as a second career when he was 40 years old quitting a job in cloud communications. He wanted to be a servant his dad said. He wanted to serve people and you know all kids want to be a policeman and in many ways he was a big kid. Uh, A woman who described herself as the sister of the officer said Eric Talley is my big brother. He died today in the Boulder shooting. My heart is broken. I cannot explain how beautiful he was and what a devastating loss this is to so many. Fly high my sweet brother. You always wanted to be a pilot soar. In 2013 the local newspaper uh, said that he had waded into a drainage ditch to save a mother duck and 11 ducklings. 
He was the sixth on-duty death in the department's history. Um, and he ran to the shooting. Eric Talley, father of seven, ages seven to 20. In an era when it is considered cool, when it is considered fashionable, when it is considered and often encouraged on social media to demonize police and first responders, I want all of you to remember who actually runs towards the sound of gunshots and puts their lives on the line to protect all of us. Officer Talley, seven kids, ages 7 to 20. They lost their dad. I want all of you to remember him and none of you to ever remember the name of any mass shooter. What I have pledged to do and what I would ask all of you to do is to do the exact opposite of what people do on social media and immediately rush to plug this into a narrative. Many people wanted to blame white men because that's what social media loves to do. This guy was not a white guy. He was from Syria. He appears to have been a, uh, a Muslim who was anti-Donald Trump and hated everything about the way that the Muslim faith was being treated the Islamophobia as he called it. But what is important to recognize and I feel like so few people actually do it is cowardice doesn't have a color. White, black, Asian, Hispanic it doesn't have a race it doesn't have an ethnicity it doesn't have a religion. People make decisions as individuals to make the wrong choice and we should condemn and hold them accountable when they do but we shouldn't use them as representatives of their identity. And it makes me sick that I see that happen every single time there is a situation like this on anywhere in the country when social media reacts to it. So I want you to think about Officer Eric Talley today. I want you to think about his seven kids and the fact that he gave up his life to try to make all of us just a little bit safer. Thank you Officer Talley. That is true heroism. That is true bravery. Prayers for your family and for your children especially your young children. As a dad of three I know as well as he knew and as well as every dad and mom out there knows that ultimately one of our biggest fears as soon as we become parents is that one day our children are going to have to do without us. And that's what that family is going to have to do because of a deranged madman in Boulder, Colorado who doesn't deserve to have his picture or his name shared anywhere because all the data reflects that the number one thing any one of us can do to help ensure there are fewer mass shootings is to not make the people who do the mass shootings famous yet that's what we do every single time. Not here. Not now. Not ever. I love all of you. Thank you again Officer Tally. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick the show.